I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck, and I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi, who is at Bristol Motor Speedway <laughs> Dirt Version. He did not convince me to come to Bristol Motor Speedway, despite his pleas on last week's episode. I was safely at home in Colorado, far away from the dirt mess, and I've been dreading this podcast for an entire year. But <laughs> here we are, Jordan. We have to do it anyway. Guess I ran out of vacation time. Couldn't couldn't take it for this weekend like I should have. But uh, here we are, this, Bristol this Dirt. An entertaining race. Chase Briscoe, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., even Christopher Bell. They were all very complimentary, Jeff. If they, they were loved complimentary. It. Hardcore dirt guys like that can be complimentary to what happened tonight. Why can't you, Jeff Gluck, offer praise? <laughs> What a great opening question. Wow. I mean, yeah, the guys that finished all in the top five, they, they liked the race. That was a, <laughs> that is the sure sign of <laughs> now, listen, uh, I, we, we have a lot of loo- new listeners since I first came out strongly against uh Bristol dirt before the first Bristol dirt race <laughs> ever took place. Right. Um, by the way, I happened to take uh parental leave that first dirt race. So I was I able to you- talk about that. <laughs> Uh, the first one. Um, but just to re- rehash going into tonight, okay, here, here's my basic why I'm against Bristol dirt, right? It starts with a compliment to Bristol, which is that Bristol's my favorite track on the NASCAR circuit. Uh, I love Bristol pavement, concrete, whatever, the paved version. And I thought it was absolutely a terrible sham heresy to take the best track when everybody wants more short tracks and cover it up with dirt, um, essentially taking a true short track race away. Um, second, uh, you know, I, I'm not a dirt snob by any means, but I have gotten to know uh, sort of the dirt racing world a, a little bit through, you know, covering the Knoxville Nationals a few times, Chili Bowl a few times, some World of Outlaws races, things like that. And I've come to, and I, I was, you know, never a dirt fan growing up or anything like that, or really a lot of my NASCAR career and have really come to appreciate true dirt racing, which to me, true. yeah, well, this is not true dirt racing. This is anyway, we'll get into it. And it's not a true dirt track. It's not true dirt cars on a dirt track. So the whole thing to what, me what comes across a true dirt track, by the way. A dirt track that's like doesn't have a concrete track underneath it. Like so that means the Chili Bowl Nationals is not a true dirt track. That's there's not that's a floor. They they build they can build an entire dirt track on top of it. So building on a floor is okay, but building on a concrete's bad. Got it. Okay. This just, is building I'm just on. Okay. I'm confused. Got it. Sorry. Makes a lot I, of I'm sense. not. I'm not suggesting Jordan that they take the NASCAR Cup Series to the Chili Bowl, which is like a one eighth mile track or whatever. 
talking about Eldora or Knoxville or something like that. If they, if the, if, the, if NASCAR want to do that, I, I, I'm with Larson. I don't really think NASCAR belongs on dirt. We'll get into that reasons why we're jumping all over the place already. But um, look, was this a better race than the first two? Absolutely. There was some good racing tonight. Um, it still didn't change my mind. Was this better to, was this better to me than if this had been a concrete Bristol race? Absolutely not. And, and I'm sorry, look, I, I don't want to, there's a lot of people that enjoyed this race, drivers, media fans. I can see it, you know, I get the replies. Um, so I don't want to be the, you know, absolute negative person who's just like gonna what? No, I don't. I mean, it's oh, not, it's not enjoyable. you got to wear it. Come on. No, it's not enjoyable to like, if, if a bunch of people like something and then you say, well, that sucks, then you come off as the jerk for saying that way. But I, in, in my opinion, Bristol be better as two concrete races. Um, yeah, that's, I, that's where I stand. If you want to bring a dirt race, maybe take somebody else, use real dirt cars, something, but I still am against, you know, doing a dirt race at Bristol and for all the reasons I just mentioned. Um, so that's, that's where it starts with me. This race didn't change my mind tonight. It seemed like you enjoyed it. So why, why did you enjoy it? I wasn't, I didn't think it was a home run. I thought there was parts of it that were really, really good. Um, there was two, three, four wide racing. Um, you could make passes. The, the battle between Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch, and Tyler Reddick and end of stage two was really good. There was moments in stage three um, that were compelling. You had a lot of different storylines. I, I like that. It wasn't a home run. I wasn't wa walk away from this race like, oh, my goodness, this race has to stay. Like, how can they ever take this off the schedule? I had issues with I had issues with the officiating tonight, um, the lack of consistency when it came to what constituted yellow, what wasn't a yellow. Um, and, and going forward, I, I don't know. I, I share your sentiment about Bristol. Like, this is such a great track. Why are you putting dirt on it? I come from the school of, I get what they're trying to do in creating an event. And, and I understand that. And I was in favor of them trying it. This is year three. I feel like a little bit of the novelty has worn off. Um, it, as good as this was tonight, I, I just feel like, man, I, I don't know. I'm really curious to see what the television rating is for this. And I think that's going to have a really big impact on going forward because frankly, the ticket sales for this were better than they have been in the last year, but the crowd tonight still wasn't great, you know? And I feel like if you flip this back to concrete, you're going to draw a better crowd. Now, also part of that is you've got to figure out a date for this, this race. You can't keep doing it in, at this time of year. It is a no-win situation for Bristol. So I was okay with the race tonight. I, I thought it was good. I mean, there were some issues with it. Obviously, I, there was too many cautions. There was sometimes there was not enough cautions because guys were spinning where you're thinking that should be a yellow flag and it wasn't. Um, but I, I do think there was enough moments in this race that were were pretty darn good. And frankly, there was there were some moments that were some of the best racing I think we've seen maybe this year. You know, to me, that kind of racing is not look the, the reason we saw that type of racing if i interpreted what the drivers are saying correctly and maybe i'm wrong is that the track is so slick and they are so loose that they are on the verge of spinning out the entire time so they're basically tiptoeing around the track they can't really race hard right like they can't really get through the corners the way they want to and you see some of the best 
in the world, dirt racers and just cup racers in general, spinning out by themselves over and over and over again. I don't think that's a great look for the top series to have these guys. You're trying to build up these guys and say, look at, look at these, look at the talent of these guys, right? Just a couple of weeks ago, we're saying, look at these guys compared to the F1 guys that came in. They, they kicked their butt at Coda, right? Like that's what people were saying. Like, wow, this, this just shows the talent level. Now, if you're the same people that watch that and you're going to watch this, oh, NASCAR's on dirt. And you see these guys just looping it over and over, spitting out by themselves. The reason that they were three and four wide to me was because they couldn't really race that hard. And that's why there's so many cautions and all that stuff. So again, it's it just sort of, it, again, it's it's just all gimmicky to me. It's not, it's like, it's sort of like, uh, let me give an example. Let's say you you walked into a store and you got some peach candy and you're like, wow, oh, this gummy candy, this gummy peach candy, it tastes just like peaches. That's amazing. But it has no nutritional value and none of the actual like peach ingredients. It just tastes like peaches. That's what this is. It's just, it's it's sort of like dirt. It resembles dirt. It tastes like dirt, but it's artificial. It's not, it's not the real thing. I mean, you even look at Jonathan Davenport's quotes afterwards where, I mean, talk about a true dirt guy, right? Superman the late model dirt guy from, from last season winning over $2 million. And he says, yeah, it's, it's nice little novelty, but it's, it's not real dirt racing and it's not. So if you're going to do this, I, I think they should either do it the right way where again, that that's involves, you know, taking out the windshield so they can prep the track a certain way to make it more muddy and not get it slicked off so much. Um, you know, use somebody else. I, Spencer Gallagher on Twitter, I think, you know, had, a decent idea. Use, use real dirt cars, rent dirt cars for a week or something, uh, dirt late models and don't use the real cup cars or something. Well, it would cost the teams less money than bringing their own cup cars probably just to rent dirt late models or whatever. Okay. Um, I mean, I get that that's very different, but I, you know, again, I don't even think it should be a points race anyway. If you want to make it an exhibition, you want to take another dirt track. I'm, I'm open to some of these ideas, but just to make it a points race at Bristol, it just, uh, I'm sorry. I just, it's, it's hard for me to be like, yeah. Are you, are you okay with, if they took this race away from Bristol, let's just use Eldora. They put it to Eldora. Are you okay with it then? If they use the next gen car at Eldora. I still am not convinced. I'm not sure I've ever seen a great NASCAR race on dirt. Um, I mean, most of them have been like the first Eldora race, the, the norm betting year where he made it in through the heat. That was like super highlight. Yeah, the middle finger. Uh, the first Eldora truck race. That was really, that was kind of exciting. But a lot of them have been just sort of clownery. I mean, that the last Knoxville truck race was really bad, right? Um, and it just, you know, you're just like, I don't, I don't really think these heavy, heavy cars belong on dirt. You know, I, I see a lot of the argument this week, Jordan, is like the diversity of the schedule, right? NASCAR has the most diverse schedule on the planet of any racing series. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. They do. When you look at the schedule, but is that a good thing? Like people are saying that that's a great thing, right? Wow. What a diverse schedule. I yeah. feel like, like, let's say this podcast, we talked about NASCAR and F1 and IndyCar. And we also got your thoughts on the Minnesota Vikings. And I talked about the Portland trailblazers and we talked about politics and we talked about our favorite TV shows. And we took, you know, we had all these things, right? And you're, you're, oh, wow. What a diverse array of topics we have. 
but we're not particularly interesting on any one thing, right? Like I think what, what you need to do in, in many facets of life is find what you're really good at and stick with that and hone in on that. NASCAR is really, really good at oval pavement racing. They are the best in the world on the planet at that. Despite IndyCar's great race at Texas, there's not enough of that anyway, um, you know, for IndyCar. But NASCAR, I mean, gosh, and, and short track racing in particular over the years for NASCAR has been unquestionably elite. That is, they are the major league at that, right? So why not just like go with that? Like, that's what makes you good. There's been so much like, oh, you know, all these road courses now and the dirt race and there's going to be a street course. And that, that's, I get excited by some of that, you know, the Coliseum race. There's, there's some of that that's exciting and interesting to try. But I, I really think NASCAR, like, why not just go to what you're good at? I don't think that, you know, the, the diversity of the schedule is necessarily like a great thing. And I know I'm on a rant here already, but I don't know. What, what do you think? I like variety. I, I think using kind of your analogy, like you eat the same ice cream every single day, you're going to get sick of it. If you do short tracks and ovals all the time, it's going to get a little, uh, you know, stale. And NASCAR for a long time, for much of the 2000s, had a really stale schedule. People wanted more short tracks and they didn't get them. And they had too many intermediate tracks and those went away. And you look at where things are at, road courses became some of the more entertaining races, period. That is, there is, you're not going to, I'm, I'm going to argue that to the death. Like, we no, I agree with that. But so, I didn't, I'm not sure that, six is, you know what I'm saying? I'm, it was two I, at the time, right? Yeah, two. I, I, I'm fine with six. That is it though. That's my limit. Like, I don't want to see seven. I don't want to see anything more than that. Like six, you could even, you know, maybe scale it down. I'm fine with that. I think you can have enough. I, I think having five or six road courses, uh, throw Chicago in that group, the street course, having a, a group of intermediate tracks, I, would, I think is a much more manageable and digestible number now. Um, there are, we're going to, let's count Bristol as a short track dirt, and you know, whatever. There's six of those plus the Coliseum, but there's six points races on dirt. You're maybe going to get one more or something. If you get Nashville back on here, who knows what's going to happen in North Wilkesboro. But I, I think there's a good number of those. I like the schedule. I do think you've got good balance where you get a little bit of everything and you're not just consuming the same thing over and over again, which kind of after a while, you're like, eh, this is, it gets too much. And I do like the fact that the schedule now is kind of, eh, you know, this, this is, this, this kind of racing isn't really working for us. We're going to go to this and you have this flexibility. So I like that. And you can kind of change with what your audience wants and is demanding and what your teams and, and your consumers are wanting. And, you know, this is, we need to go into this market. We need to try something there. I, I like that. I'm, I'm fine with it to an extent. I, I just think that NASCAR has a real chance to really separate themselves from the rest of the motorsports noise, right? Um, it feels a little bit like NASCAR still doesn't know what it wants to be in some ways at times. Um, yeah, that's fair. Like, what what is NASCAR's sort of identity? It feels like NASCAR's identity is more going toward now, like um, sort of 
the show, the entertainment, the event type stuff. But that in itself is a little bit, um, it leaves you a little bit empty because look, as, as much of a, you know, like FF1, right? It, their races, their season is a runaway. A lot of their races are not very interesting, right? A lot of their races are runaways. Um, and, you know, they get themselves in rules, messes and controversies and things like that. But at the heart of it, it still is about the competition, right? And I think NASCAR has all the elements to have incredible competition drive the storylines. Instead, we're talking so much about, um, you know, appeals and penalties. And that, that's been a lot of this year. And, and you know, and, and also changes. And I, I think, you know, they raised a really good point on the Dale Jr. download this last week about, you know, you get done with all these races and like you get done with Coda and we all say, gosh, those green, white checkers, those were, those were a mess. They really need to change that rule. And we get to the next week. It's like, well, they really need to change this. And, you know, of course I'm the most guilty person of anybody about that kind of stuff. No, right? really? Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm, but, but the reason I, the reason I, Personally, I mean, people would probably disagree. But the reason I, I feel like I say stuff like that is because I feel like I want, I see a place for improvement. I want NASCAR to be better. And I think there's potential there for, if, if NASCAR can sort of seize an identity and really just go all in on that, not worry about anything else, not worry about, oh, you know, what's F1 doing? What's anybody else doing? Just be themselves, be themselves. And that that's what I feel like has gotten lost. Like when you bring in a, a dirt race to Bristol, your traditional core short track, like the place, right? It's like, wh why, why, what, what's the point of this? That that's my whole thing. So, so the point of it, it really is doesn't go a lot Bristol deeper spring race hasn't been the racing at Bristol for the last few years. Hasn't been great. That's see, that's a false. I see that on Twitter all week. Ah, uh, you know, Bristol spring race wasn't that great, dude. I mean, they were struggling the, with attendance. They were struggling with attendance, but everybody's been, I mean, for you, you, you've credited yourself. I mean, you said that's, that's a lot of the weather. Yeah, I agree, but stuff, I mean, but... you, I, I don't think, I think it's okay to try something and be, you know, and say, listen, we're going to be different. We're going to try to swing. We're going to create something here. We're going to make this event. We're going to give a reason that non-fans or very casual fans are like, hey, well, wait a second. They're racing Bristol dirt. What are they doing? That? I need to tune in. Like, it's okay to try that. I'm not saying you need 36 races of this, but it's okay to experiment a little bit and, and mess around. And listen, I agree with you. Like, in a perfect world, it would they they if they're gonna do a dirt race, they should have done it in Knoxville or Eldora. But I get the thinking behind why they did it. And I and I think that you know if you're gonna push NASCAR to be different uh, and get out of this box that they were in, like they're gonna do things like this. And that's how you end up with things like the Coliseum. Right or wrong, that's how you get it. And the Chicago street course. And part of that I would lump in there is the fact that they're going back to North Wilkesboro. And like I, I so I is this the perfect thing? No, like I'm not, a, I, and I don't want to sound like I'm the guy who's like sitting here screaming that the Bristol dirt race needs to stay. Cause I don't think I'm in that camp. Like I'm ready for it to go back. Like it's, it, the shine has worn off, but I think it was a worthy experiment. The first year was tough, but that was, there was the weather sucked. NASCAR was figuring it out, but they have figured out the track. They figured out how to make the track better and competitive. And tonight was a good show largely. I, I, and I'm okay with that. But I think this is it. Like, I don't think you need to come back here every single year. I think enough is enough. And Kevin Harvick has said it so many times. Like, you go do these new things. 
you try it, you go it for two, three years, and then you move on. And that's what I think you need to do with this. Well, let's talk about the race because uh, I think I could, you know, a lot of people uh, certainly. I mean, I mean, this is the Jeff Gluck show. I'm just here to sit here and listen, baby. Like, let me let you cook. Come on. Listen. Uh, How great was that to see that three, four wide tonight, man? That was hard racing, physical racing, short track racing. That was classic, man. Did you see like we had like uh, short track racers throughout the country were tweeting about this. This was good stuff. What are you smoking? I don't smoke. Like cigars. Okay. That's all I smoke. All right. Listen, uh, there was some contact for one thing between Ryan Freese and Kyle Larson. That was just hard racing, right, Jeff? I mean, that, that should be no penalties or anything. So it was interesting to me because early, pretty early on, you know, they're sort of racing for position and Larson kind of runs Priest out of room, right? And they're pissed about that. But then Priest comes off the corner a little bit later in a three wide and like kind of just runs right into Ty Dillon who stuffs Kyle Busch into the wall. And then he breaks the toe link. And then they're like, uh, on his radio, they're like, well, you know who, who that's because of, right? The Larson thing. Mm -hmm. But it seemed to me it was more like, well, he he was racing three, right, three wide on the bottom. Because um, I was listening to Kyle Busch's radio at the time, just coincidentally, and they were like pissed at Priest. They're like, man, he, he just dive-bombed it in like Ty Dillon wasn't even there and then stuffed you in the wall. So then, but he's still mad at Larson or whatever, right? So then significantly later, which to me kind of goes under NASCAR's revised policy of what they consider race manipulation, thanks to the precedent sent by the new Denny Hamlin penalty. Um, it seems to me like he cleaned out Larson uh, pretty much on purpose. Um, he the just radio got loose, Jeff. He just got loose. Well, that's what he says. So this is going to be interesting now, right? Because does NASCAR suddenly go back to, oh, well, it's all okay as long as you lie and as long as you don't admit to it, as long as you don't say anything on a podcast, um, that's okay. What you did was okay. Self-policing sport, just don't, just don't admit it. Or do they say, all right, oh boy, we just set a precedent with this Hamlin thing. Uh, you know, we're going to have to penalize priests. Now, just to back up, before they did this with the Hamlin penalty, I would have said, oh my gosh, no, don't penalize anybody. That's not NASCAR. The NASCAR way is if you get somebody, you pay them back. But since they did this and now it's, you know, race manipulation, action, actions, detrimental, all this stuff. Um, sorry, but I think they've, they've set the precedent. They I mean, they took points and money away from Hamlin. So crease is just, it's, it's just okay. I mean, it's pretty obvious. He got him back whether he said it or not. So what do you think? I'm just taking that man at his word. He said he got loose. So he got loose. <laughs> Come on. Listen, you, I, I can't sit here and defend. It, it's, it's muddled and there is no clear cut answer. And that's the problem with this. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, but I mean, the, the across the board tonight, the officiating was questionable, right? I mean, it was, you had guys spin, no cautions. Then you had other times where guys would spin, they'd be on pit road right away. Caution. Like, I can't sit here and explain to you why this was a call and why this wasn't. And that's a problem. Um, I, I do think there's something to be said that it goes back to what I said before about the Denny Hamlin Ross. Same thing. Like 
that was a prolonged period for nine months where Hamlin had ample opportunity to pay Ross back. You could make a case that he already had done it twice. And in that moment, they weren't racing for position. Denny admittedly said he was sliding backwards and was like, well, the hell they were it. racing for position. Well, I mean, they were. I mean, Denny said he was going backwards and his day. Ross was going to blow by him. I mean, they weren't like racing. They, that, they were like eighth and ninth. That's right. That's right. The I, definition I, of racing for position. OK, can I finish? Please. So there, yes, technically they're there, but like Denny was going backwards in a hurry. Like Ross was going forward. Denny was on old tires. That was, they weren't, they weren't going to be racing for position for much longer. It wasn't like two guys evenly squared up racing. Like tonight, you could make a case. These guys are going at it. And I don't know. I, I, I to me, this is, if you, this is a self-contained incident. Now, if this had been the, this been like the third or fourth time over a prolonged period, I in, in the, I would probably be or I have to say that NASCAR needs to step in here. Um, I, I don't know. I, I to me, I, I'm willing to let this go because also keep in mind that was on Phoenix. This is a quote unquote short track, and this is you know this is what this is what this kind of racing is advertised at. So I don't know. I, again, I, I'm not trying he, to defend NASCAR. He, I can't. It, it's 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 muddled. It's confusing. It doesn't unlike, make sense. Unlike the the Denny penalty, Denny's penalty, as he laid out in his podcast. By the way, did you listen to his podcast? Uh, I did. I mean th that that emergency podcast he did. Whether you like Denny Hamlin or not, I highly encourage all of you guys to go listen to it because that is the most revealing look behind the curtain that we've ever heard of how the appeals process actually works. Despite us being about around the sport for years, there was a lot of stuff in there that I did not know in terms of how it actually worked, how the hearings go. And I thought that was very compelling. Um, so I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter. Oh, I'm not listening to anything that guy has to say. Fine, but I'm telling you, you would learn a lot. Anyway, that, you know, as laid out in his podcast, you know, his, his thing didn't even cause a caution, right? His thing didn't take car out of the race. Uh, you know, the priest thing, he walled Larson. He ended Larson's day um, and he caused a caution. So that seems even worse. But um, again, I, 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 my prediction is obviously, I think we know nothing's going to happen to Priest. Yeah, I mean, it, right or wrong, and NASCAR will never admit this, but like, there's also, it was Denny Hamlin. Like, you can say what you want, but the fact of that he and his team have been a thorn in NASCAR side for a while, still are, by the way. Um, he, Denny was very public about NASCAR leadership. Like, right or wrong, that all plays a part of this. And, and that's not, that's not the way it should be, but that you're not going to convince me otherwise that his, who he is, what he said, what he's done, what his team has said and done didn't factor into NASCAR's decision of saying, God, we can get him here. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Listen, you mentioned the, the cautions, and I was waiting to talk about that as sort of a separate thing. Um that that was really confusing tonight. I just didn't understand that at all. I mean, so 
you know, early on the race, hey, anytime, any sort of minor incident at all, caution, any solo spin, caution, 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 right? You're like, um, this is going to be one of those nights. Right. I mean, they were, they were quickly throwing them. I mean, um, the 51 spun by himself, caution. Kozlowski spun by himself, caution. Uh, Davenport spun by himself, caution. Um, Kozlowski spins again by himself, caution, right? Stuff like that. But then you had to steer, you know, after the first few, it was clearly like, okay, NASCAR was saying, okay, we, we can't have this. We can't have too many cautions. We're, we're going to be cautioned the whole night. Um, so we're just going to let it go. We're just going to let stuff start letting stuff go. And you were seeing things of cars spinning in the middle of a pack. Green. Well, Denny Hamlin had um, one that I thought he was going to get slammed into and he didn't. I mean, cars up in the wall, cars coming. I mean, it was like, whoa, how is this not caution? And especially when you, you know, you compare it to some, you know, mile and a half race and some, some guy sort of barely brushes the wall or kind of gets like half loose, looks like he might spin and he saves it. We've seen time and again, you know, they'll call a caution for that very quick trigger. So on a short track like this, where everybody's coming so quickly. Um, and, you know, I think the, the most glaring one was toward the end of the race, Kyle Busch spins by himself onto pit road, mm-hmm. like spins on a pit road uh, with Christopher Bell leading pretty late. It looked like Christopher Bell at that point was probably going to maybe walk away with it a little bit. He was starting to extend his lead, I think a little bit. And they call very quick caution. They get their restart, you know, with, uh, 10 to go or, or whatever it is. And, uh, it was just like, or seven to go, I think maybe it was the final restart, but you're like, Oh, how, how was that a caution? It was just very confusing, very inconsistent. Um, I, I just didn't, I understand sort of like the race flow part of it. Like they're like, okay, yeah, we don't want this to be bogged down. I mean, you had 14 cautions tonight that tied the record of the Bristol dirt race, which was set last year. Um, it's a lot of cautions. And if they called all those other spins, there was probably, I mean, there's probably, how oh, I don't know, four or five other cautions they could have called. Um, yeah. Then, then it's a, an absolute clown show. Right. But still like, if it's a caution, it's a caution. If it's one way this time, then why isn't this way another time? Uh, just, it was just odd, I guess. And, um, of course the last one, they kind of had to call it. Because Ross Chastain, uh, Carson Hosevar had perfect tweet about this. In the week of all those memes of the blame Ross stuff, Ross being stopped in the middle of the track blame uh, brings out the last caution. And there's no <laughs> green finish. There's no Tyler Reddick potential dive bomb on Christopher Bell. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. It's just confusing when it's one way for so many races and so long. And you're like, okay, I think I know what a caution is. I think I know why they'll why they'll do this. And you're like, okay, well, what's the difference? What's the difference this time? I, it's just, it's hard to, how, how can you explain it to like, we're the journalists, right? We're supposed to be like, oh yeah, well, we could just tell the readers, oh, it's this way because of this, but we don't know ourselves. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to finance car and I agree with you, everything you said to me, it's a lot like you see like in a basketball game, right? There are some officials who call things very tight. There are other officials who let things go and it's more let them play kind of thing. You see that in the NFL a lot too. That's the only thing I can equate it to. Or, you know, maybe it's baseball. Every umpire's got his own, you know, version of what a ball and a strike is. It's hard because you don't know. And so it, there was times tonight we were like, that is, how is that not a caution? How is that a caution? It, it's hard to discern. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I wish there was some clear, I just, it, it'll probably never happen, but I wish someday we could like look at an incident and you just sort of everybody. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, I would love that, but I don't think you see that in, Honestly, across, I mean, there's times in F1, I'm watching F1 and I'm going, that's a caution. Oh, no, that they don't think, oh, that's going to be a red flag. Oh, that's not going to be a red sure, flag. And that's, that's it, human nature of race control and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, but that's just the unfortunate thing of. I, when you I, have know, so many in the same race that look similar and sure. have different outcomes, even, you know, not even, not even judging off like historic races are like, oh, well, last year, remember this happened? No, it's like in the same race. Well, how come 20 yeah. laps ago, you know, you're like, uh, it changes. Okay. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, You're not gonna. Get, I mean, that's that was my that was my big issue with tonight was that was the, the the lack of consistency and why this was this and this other thing was the other the complete opposite. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after the dirt racers didn't win the first couple of these uh, Bristol dirt races, now that the whole top five tonight was all dirt guys. Actually, the top six, um, because you had Bell. Reddick, Dylan. Dylan is a dirt guy, by the way. For he is a I mean, yeah. people, people don't view him that way, but he. So we got Childress, Childress wanted both of his grandsons to race dirt late models yep. a lot because he thought that that would teach them car control. So they spent a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, they were good. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, he finished third. Stenhouse obviously dirt guy fourth. Briscoe fifth, and I see Justin Haley sixth. So top six all uh, with a dirt background um and you know larson was going to be up there had he not spun by himself that was a weird um, he just that whole night went sideways for him the decision to pit they pitted but they didn't put tires on i like i don't know it's just and then when you lost track position i mean it, you could make passes tonight don't get me wrong when we saw joy Logano go to the back and he was coming up through the field we saw other guys do that as well but like it just got away from Larson again. And then it's just his day, just his night went sideways in a hurry. So first win for Bell this year, first win for JGR. Um, can you take anything from this? Um, I mean, to me, Bell is an emerging superstar. And, I, you know, he doesn't probably get enough credit. You look at his career and every every level he's been at, it's kind of that first year's, okay and then like year two kind of burst out kind of was like that in nascar had an okay rookie year wins big wins in in his second year and then last year really burst out wins three races makes a championship four and to me i I said this last year so many times like he was out running denny hamlin and martin tricks jr and kyle bush like three very notable very talented drivers two of which are former champions and he was doing on a consistent basis he is so good uh, he just doesn't get credit. And it's like, even going into this year, I think we talked, I think we both agree. I think we said in the, the preseason podcast, we thought he was going to have a really good year, but just kind of overall, he's not kind of lumped in as one of those great drivers. Like you always talk about other people and it's like, we we really need to start giving this kid his due. Um, he's won on a road course twice now. He's won at Martinsville, which is a really hard track for young drivers to do. He's won key playoff races. He's made the championship four. He wins at Bristol Dirt. Like, this is, you know, Martinsville and road courses and Bristol Dirt are quote unquote driver tracks where drivers make a difference. He's got those wins. Like, this kid is going to be really, really good. Um, he's the 
you can say he's the future of Joe Gibbs Racing. I would say he's the now of Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, no, I I I don't dispute any of that. Um, I would like to see him show like a little bit more personality. I feel like he feels a little bit guarded. Um, but you know, I think in time, if he gets more comfortable with the spotlight, hopefully that can that can come out a little bit more. I, I mean, asked him in that. terms of yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I asked him that post race. I said, you know, you your teammates get all of this, you know, they get all the acclaim. Denny's Denny, Martin Trix Jr. is a former champion, and you know, Ty Gibbs. And said, you don't get any of that shine. Does that bother you at all? He's like, No, it's like I prefer it that way. Like, I don't want yeah. to be in the spotlight. That's just not something I'm comfortable doing, which to each their own, and, that, and that's fine. If you don't want that, let your actions on the racetrack speak for yourself because his actions certainly carry weight, but that's up to him. But I mean, if you're if you're talking about NASCAR as a whole, you need you need personality. You want your best drivers to be charismatic and to bring people in. Um, and that's not who he is. That's not who he is. You, you you would hope, though, that maybe the dirt community sees like, hey, that's our guy. Right. I mean, and they get behind him like they have some other dirt racers. Yeah. Um, Redick, uh, I mean, sure looked like he was going to have a yeah. shot there. Just didn't work out for him. Um this guy is another one who just shows his talent in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, just super impressive. And I think, you know, you could say same for Briscoe tonight too, although he ends up sort of fading the fifth, but I mean, um, you know, driving with a, a broken finger. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, did you hear what Tony Stewart said on the, yeah, I talked to, we talked to Briscoe about that post race too. He says he doesn't know yet. He may not need surgery. No, no, no. Not about that. He might not need surgery about Tony Stewart, his team owner saying, you know, I'm, it's you know he was in a you know oh, basically yeah, extracurricular yeah, race. Yeah, but yeah. That's, drivers got to okay. live their lives and all that. Yeah, yeah you got to live cool. their lives. Basically, don't wrap them in bubble wrap, Jordan. So that's fine. That's great. I would love to hear Tony's thoughts if Chase would have broken uh, broke his hand or what, hurt himself to where he was out of the race car for a prolonged period of time. So you mean like Tony Stewart did in a? Yeah, Tony's the boss. Race? Tony can do whatever he wants. He's the boss. But when <laughs> your employees are doing that, that's a different thing. So okay, to each their own. Hey, listen. God bless. That's your, you know, salute that you do what you want to do. I'm just saying if it was my business and I've got these valuable assets. Yeah. We, I'm we going know. To protect them. We, we know we've heard that. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was cool to see those guys, the, the talent shine through a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I don't know why that they were able to get up there. I mean, I guess, I guess you would have had, uh, you know, Redick or, or Briscoe win last year. So that mm-hmm. would have changed that narrative again. And you wouldn't have had Kyle Busch. I mean, boy, that that race from last year still has so many layers oh to it because Kyle Busch would have had uh, he wouldn't have made the playoffs. Uh-huh. Um, you know, no he wouldn't have had his streak of. Yep, yep. No, yeah, you're he right. Had the streak. Yep. Yep. That that broke Richard Petty's record and all that stuff. But um, anyway. Uh, and you hate Bristol Dirt, and yet it just keeps giving us more star- juicy storylines every year. I mean, you could say that about. I, I don't like it, uh, the new Atlanta, but you could say that about new Atlanta with, oh, Corey LaJoy and all this stuff. So it look, I consistently, I feel like it, people might not agree with me, but I feel like I'm hopefully at least being consistent that I, I'm just kind of sort of err on the side of the more conservative, true racing, pure racing, the traditional type stuff. Um, I'm just, I don't need the whole, event show stuff as much i just want to see them go compete these are world-class drivers who have devoted their life to this stuff let them put them in a position to 
show their true talent and race it out and do all that stuff as much as possible. And that's, that's where I'm coming from. So that's, that's great. This pie in the sky thinking, you know, it's not, it's not doable in 2023. Well, let me know what the ratings say. We'll see. Sure. But the I don't know. In, you... The attendance didn't show me anything about that. People love this kind of stuff. I, so. I, I, I'm not sitting here trying to defend this event. I'm ready to, to try something different, but I don't, you know, sports in general is about entertainment and catering to people and trying to get new audiences in and not pigeonhole yourself and to keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's why the NFL has has made it to where the offenses rule everything and defenses are minimized. It's why baseball has got bigger bases and pitchers can do all these, you know, can't do these step off the mound and they have pitch clocks now. It's like, this is, this is sports in this era. Like, and, and this, I understand it. I get it. You've got to make your sport adaptable and entertaining to the masses. You can't just pigeonhole, pigeonhole yourself and say, this is how we do it. This is how we've always done it. Cause this is pure. That ain't, that doesn't fly anymore. Jordan, one thing you're very pro on that I know, whether you're out on Bristol dirt or not, is you're very pro racing on Easter. You think that is a good yes. slot for NASCAR to be in. Why? This prime time on Easter, Sunday night is the most viewed night of the week in television. And you have your television partner come to you and say, hey, we're going to put your product on prime time on Sunday night. You have to take advantage of it. The NFL has done a very good job of owning Thanksgiving. The NBA has done a very good job of owning uh, Christmas Day. You know, stack their Christmas Day lineup with marquee games. Why can't NASCAR make Easter its own? When people are home, you're not interfering, you know, with church services in the morning and brunches and lunches and all of this stuff. What is wrong at seven o'clock Eastern to flip it, being home when most people are already home and putting your product out there for people to consume? That is a winning strategy. The idea is to get your product out before the masses. There is not a better time to do it than Sunday night on primetime television, period. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I, I just don't know. I mean... What's there not you, to know? You make great points. Well, I mean, there's many other Sundays aside from Easter. Uh, you know, this is a... And, this is always such a tough argument, right? Because if you talk about, if you dare to talk about, you know, the crew members or the industry people, their families, people do not want to hear it. Well, they signed up for this. You know, this is, the, you know, they chose to do this. They should just deal with it. I get that. I get that. You know, there's, you know, they don't like it. They could quit, you know, they go to another job, but this is a heck of a grind. This long 38 week NASCAR season, um, Obviously, there used to be two off weeks. Easter weekend was always an off week. Um, even they, you know, they didn't even race Easter Saturday night. That's gone now. And um, so, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of on the fence because I've only seen this as Bristol dirt, right? Sure. If you came to me and said, "Well, uh, we're going to do, you know, North Wilkesboro 
under the lights Easter Sunday night. I got an idea for you, by the way. You know, maybe, maybe you know, I don't know. How, maybe, maybe the whole, maybe the enthusiasm for everybody changes, right? Maybe, maybe people, a lot of, you know, not just, you know, maybe, maybe that gets the, even the crew members and, and drivers more on board of like, okay, well, dang, I could see that. That's a real showcase for our sport on, on Easter Sunday night. So I guess it's hard for me to judge, but my leaning is to say it's not worth it. If you're going to do something on Easter, you better make it worth it. Like the, you know, the NBA, for instance, with their Christmas day stuff or the NFL, like people, everybody, everybody's watching. Right. And you know, you like the, the NBA is putting their biggest stars and they're, they're putting their best foot forward with their product. Um, again, just because I'm so biased against Bristol dirt, obviously not liking it, covering my favorite track. Um, I don't think it's the best foot forward for NASCAR, the best example of NASCAR racing. Maybe again, maybe it would change, but, um, so I, I don't really know where I fall. I don't really have a, a firm grasp on it one way or another because you make great points, um, and and it is about growing NASCAR. But I think it's you got to do it for the right cause. And I think if the ratings are down this year for whatever reason, then I think it's worth looking at. Well, okay. here, here's the problem with that though. Like one, you're asking about other Sundays. If Fox wants to put NASCAR in prime time on Sunday nights then hell yes, that's fine. Let's do it. But they're not throwing that out there. They're only throwing it out in Easter. Um, the second thing is the rate it, it's, this is going to be hard to gauge because ratings this year have been largely, I think for every, every race, just about every race have been down this year. Some sometimes quite noticeably. So it, it's going to be hard to kind of decipher, you know, is that because it was Bristol dirt? Is it because it was Easter? Is it just, NASCAR in general is going in the wrong. I mean, you don't know. And so here's an idea. I want to throw this out at you because this is part of the larger discussion. I, I, I hear what you're saying with the crew members. I, I get it. I understand it. What about this? What about Martinsville on Easter? Like if Bristol doesn't do Easter next year, which there's a little bit of rumbling. I will say there are some rumblings in the garage if Bristol may not do Easter next year and that they don't, they're not going to, it's not going to, the way the calendar works out and what they want. Martinsville to me would make a lot of sense for the reasons you kind of mentioned. It's much closer home to Charlotte. So you could have it where the crew members could be home Saturday night, have Sunday morning and much of Saturday afternoon with their families. It's for more. Most of the crew members live in North Charlotte, Mooresville area. It's what Jeff, an hour and a half or so to the track. A couple hours, and, but yeah. It, it, well, for, I live in, I live in Charlotte. For me, it's door to door. It's two hours and two minutes and Mooresville's 30 minutes north. So, and so, it's much more easy for those guys to get to the racetrack at three o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon. Like to me, that that's an idea worth exploring. Yeah. I mean, um, and Martinsville's got lights. Like if, you, if your goal is to have right. a night race, like I don't know if you can do 400 laps there because that might be a little bit too long, but there's not, I, I think that presents an opportunity to check a lot of the boxes that we're talking about here. It could again be cold though, and if, if people are using that, that as fair, an excuse, but it's but... also cold here too. Like, and that's a, that's yeah. a whole other thing about like I don't mean to go on a tangent here, but like there there needs to be, and NASCAR recognizes this. I'm not like saying anything that's new, but there needs to be some looking at the schedule and putting NASCAR in a spot of like it has been cold. The weather's bad here in Bristol. It's it's rains here more often than not. Putting NASCAR in the right spot year after year, where they more likely than not they're going to have good weather. It's just 
it feels like you just run into this on a regular basis. And I don't know the answer to this because you're kind of limited on the number of tracks. And unless you're going to start moving really like Homestead around and Texas out of the playoffs, like all of a sudden you, you just don't have a lot of dates for the spring. And that, that's tough. But I, I do think there needs to be a, a reworking of this. Yeah, I, I still feel like it's a little bit of an excuse. And if you offer a compelling enough product, um, the weather doesn't really matter, right? But, I mean, people come out to football games in freezing cold weather all the time if sure. they want to be there, you know. But people come out to Martinsville fall race, and it's pretty chilly, you know. So, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, some people do, some people don't. I mean, it, it just depends. Well, uh, there's a lot of stuff that went on this week, Jordan. And, <laughs> just uh, a little bit. We can, we can touch on some of it. Um, you know, we've already reacted to some of it on the athletic with our, our quick reaction pieces and stuff, but oh, I don't even know where to start. Um, I mean, for one thing, I mean, the, the college racing uh, penalty, oh, what a mess. What a mess. I, I feel, I'm not going to, I feel bad for NASCAR. Like I really, I feel bad for colleague. I feel bad for NASCAR. Like they tried to do the right thing. They tried to be consistent. And because the appeals panel, two different appeals panels saw things two different ways there, there, there was, they were in a box. Like, how do you do, what do you do if you're NASCAR? Like, I, I just don't know. And I, it's, it's awful. It really is for so many reasons. It's bad. Yeah. So what happened was obviously, you know, for some reason, if you, if you guys missed it, um, Hendrick, you know, had gotten their appeal reduced, um, you know, all the points restored, right. Um, which are the only part of the penalties that anybody really cared about. Um, colleague goes for the same infraction as far as we knew the same infraction with the louvers. And they only had one louver, mm-hmm. um, on one car, uh, that was taken, uh, or was found to be illegal, I guess. And instead of getting, you know, their, all their points restored, um, out of their 100 points, they only got 25 of them restored. So they still got a 75 point penalty, um, still lost the playoff points, still lost everything else, crew chief suspensions, money, all that stuff. So they're going to take it to the, uh, final appeal officer, I guess, yeah. and hope for the best. But um, that was obviously a very inconsistent ruling that puzzled the entire industry and was making everybody go, what the heck? Because from what we know, it seemed like the exact same infraction taken, you know, the same yeah. weekend. Uh, and, you know, again, we don't have a lot of information about this. And that was another thing of the, the Denny Hamlin podcast that was just, wow, right? Like, uh, you know, they announced their, you know, I guess I had thought that. So like, look, Jordan, you know, when we, when the appeals decision comes out, they send us an email, like a press release email, right? Here's, here's what the appeals, you know, here's what they were said to have violated. Here's the rule numbers, blah, blah, blah. The the appeals panel decided this and they either kept the penalty as this, or they modified it to this, or they overturned it. That's all the information we get. I always thought for some reason that surely the people involved knew the reasoning of the appeals panel. I I don't know why I thought that, but turns out, no, not the case at all. As Denny said on his podcast, they just say, uh, we've decided this and that that's it. And they just leave and nobody, <laughs> that's it. So like in Denny's case, he was saying, you know, he, he thought he won. Like he presented this great case and they were smiling and they're like, Oh yeah, we got this. And it felt like even NASCAR backed down in the appeals hearing. And they just said, Nope, you 
didn't win and there was no explanation and it was, that was it. So not only do we, the media, not get any explanation, which we then cannot give to the fans, but NASCAR themselves, Steve O'Donnell said uh, at the event you were at, at the Fox Sports Studios this week, they don't get an explanation. Hamlin said they don't get an explanation. That's crazy. So one thing NASCAR tweaked this week uh, for future is they have the right uh, going forward to publish the appeals panel's uh, reasoning, like if they do modify a penalty or something. And another thing they changed was if they want to, if they agree with NASCAR's decision, like in the Hendrick penalties, right? If they agree, yes, you violated the rule. They cannot wipe out one entire part of the rule. They can only, they can reduce it like on the sliding scale as listed by the rule book, the rule book and the penalty options, like, oh, between 25 and hundred points, they could reduce the points, but they can no longer just say, nah, no points at all which is a great rule change by NASCAR, in my opinion. Um, I'm glad, I mean, it sucks that NASCAR had to do that, but they have to be able to police it the way they want. At least look, if, if they feel points are necessary and the appeals panel says, yes, they did violate this rule and they're, they're not overturning it, then, it, then you can't just strip away the penalty. So NASCAR has put that you know, wording in the rule book now. I agree with that, but... There's just so much around the appeals and, you know, Harvick saying this week that they should be live streamed. Oh, uh, hell yeah. I've been saying this for one in this day and age. And Denny said this too. And he's right. Like he's a hundred percent right. And it's such a good point in this era where everybody has the same parts. They're all getting them from the same manufacturer, right? There are So there's no secrets. How It should be, it should, everything should be out there. There's no excuse for it not to be. And hell yeah, put it on, put it on YouTube, it, man. Sell it for $4.99 and make that money. You can donate the money to charity or, you know, or build a dirt track somewhere that Jeff's going to like, whatever. Uh, but you're right. Like everything should be transparent. Everything from the, the ruling, from the, the, the process itself, what is said in there to the parts of the pieces being displayed, which is another thing that NASCAR is going to go do now is they're going to they're going to put them on display and it's going to be great to watch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, um, it was interesting listening to, again to the Dale Jr. download this week because Dale Jr. was saying, you know, he he doesn't want them to be, he doesn't think they should be on display publicly, like put them in the hauler where people can come by, but he doesn't want them to be out on a table in the open. But I don't know, personally, I feel like, hey, if you, if you cheat um, and you're caught with something illegal, put it out there, let us come by and take pictures. I mean, Sort of, I mean, it's basically a public shaming, right? Which I get the teams won't Scarlet like. But okay, like then don't do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, and the other thing is, so like Hendrick gets more penalties this week, right? Because they were the randoms, at least two of their cars were. Um, but then not the cars that finished first and second, which is a whole other ball of wax. Well, okay, so let's explain that, right? First and second from Richmond got inspected at the track. Uh-huh. The randoms, which was the two Hendrick cars of Josh Berry and Kyle Larson, the other two Hendrick cars 
of William Byron and Alex Bowman, um, they get taken to the R&D center because NASCAR picked them as the randoms. Although now Bob came out it's and tweeted not, this not, week. Yeah. It's not random. It's race director and discretion. So why are we calling them random? I don't know. It's because they used to be and everybody's just always called it that. Whatever. Okay. It's not random anymore, I guess. I mean, we knew it never was random, right? But <laughs> they called it the random. Um, anyway, they took them back to the R&D center and they found problems with the greenhouse uh, modifications. They were allowed to adjust that area of the greenhouse, but they modified it, I guess, too much. And so Byron and Bowman got busted. Apparently, from my understanding, maybe this is wrong, but from my understanding, the reason, you know, you, you would say, well, how come they didn't find on the first and second place cars? Because they could, they did not... Uh, that area of the greenhouse was not inspected that way or whatever as in the same manner that they yeah. do at the R&D center. It wasn't torn down, right? Like Exactly. So, I mean, be honest, like the five and the nine car probably did have the same thing. Why would they make mm -hmm. two cars different, right? Like, I mean, Hendrick's going to make all four cars the same, you would think. So they probably dodged a bullet there by having the win. And, and had they found that at the track, Larson would have lost his win. It would have mm -hmm. been a DQ. It would have been a DQ for Josh Berry, um, but they didn't find that at the track. So we'll never know, but we'll never know either way. Anyway, boy, I tell you what, though, uh, I mean, you sent me the uh, the William Byron audio from the media center this week, um, and I saw a couple video clips of it, too. I've never heard, you know, Byron is such a nice, polite guy. And um, even when he's mad, he sort of has a way of being polite. This week, he was pissed. He was pissed. I've never seen him like that. He was, uh, it was, it was interesting to watch because you're watching this and it's almost like he's like, he, you can tell he just wanted to unload, right? Like he just wanted to like, just, and he restrained himself the best he could. And he did, he, he didn't say anything that was regrettable or, you know, get him in trouble. And it almost felt like he was just, I was talking to Dustin Long from NBC Sports about this and it almost felt like he was like quivering almost like just to kind of like almost shaking, like just trying not to like, he was so angry and so just on edge. It was, he was, he was frustrated and understandably, I mean, he's, you know, it's the second time you've been through this and I, I guess you feel targeted by NASCAR, but I don't know. Like, I mean, you're the first violation that they found that you won the appeal on is pretty cut dry. Right. I mean, the appeals board said it itself. And then this greenhouse thing, feels pretty cut and dry too. Like there's not a whole lot of room for interpretation there. So I I don't know like where that anger, I mean, the anger almost feels misplaced. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I would assume that he feels like they've been targeted, but, but they are, I they would also it, feel like, yeah, it, I would also feel but, like it's justified. No, I was going to say, that's the thing. Yeah. Like it's justified. That's exactly it. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I get where Hendrick is claiming the miscommunication on the first incident and stuff. And so if, if you're Hendrick, for instance, right, try to look at it. I'm trying to look at it from their view. They're saying, Hey, we were unjustly penalized in the first place. And you dragged us through this process when we should have been allowed to change our louvers. And we thought we could, and we weren't trying to do anything bad. And you're mad at us because, because your penalty didn't stick. So you're mad at us. And then you come after us again and find something and, you know, but yeah, but okay, well then don't do something. Yeah. And also 
I do feel like NASCAR cut Hendrick a break in the sense that, and this was crazy to me because I don't think I've ever seen this. So NASCAR suspends the interim crew chiefs, yeah. the two drivers, right? But the suspensions don't start until after Bristol Dirt, which coincidentally is when the other four, the regular crew chiefs are back yeah. already. So the crew chief suspension part, we already know it didn't mean much anyway. I mean, Cliff Daniels was an auto week this last week saying, oh yeah, I was at Richmond and undisclosed, you know, NASCAR knew I was here. I just, you know, I just try not to advertise it and make a big deal out of it. And, but you know, they, they know we're here and we know that they know I'm here, whatever. Um, well, I mean, who cares? I mean, Greg Ives, he's not coming to the track anymore anyway. So he's suspended for a week. Okay. Like he wasn't <laughs> going to come anyway to next. There's no penalty. Yeah. So yeah. So that part, there's no penalty. I mean, I get they don't want to lose the points and all that stuff, but um, I don't know. That's, I mean, I, I will say though, I don't know if they're going to appeal, but I, I sure would take my chances with the appeal. Why not <laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah. right? <laughs> you're Hendrick. Yeah. You, you, the last two appeals you've had, you've come up pretty good on. Why not? Because yeah, whatever I mean, you're doing is working. Roll the dice. Yeah, you're two for two. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they should, obviously, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. If they do appeal or don't appeal, it might be a thing of, hey, we're not going to appeal. We're just going to take our medicine and hopefully move past this. And then we can stop getting our cars random. Because if you go through the appeals process and you win and man, you're, you might as well just drive your cars. They are in decent every single week because that's what it's going to end up being. Yeah. And um, no cars are going back to the R&D center after Bristol dirt. So, yeah, well, they're not pretty much a lot in shape. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe they figured nobody was going to try anything but Bristol Dirt anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's, they felt like it was not worth it. But um, anyway, uh, Jordan, the uh, was it a good race poll? Yet another win for you. Mm, mm, so do. congrats on that. Yeah. I think you're, what is it, 6-0 and oh now? 6-0, and oh, baby. 6-0. and oh. Undefeated. Potentially an insurmountable lead. Potentially. I don't want to get ahead of yourself. We take we take it one race at a time. So I want to thank the boys back at the shop and uh God willing, God bless. Uh, we'll just well, unless you get a pretty doing. big unless you get a pretty big penalty to strip a bunch of your your points away. Uh oh, I would I nice would cushion. go to you don't want to see me in an appeals hearing. I would fire, I would be fired up. Oh, okay. Um, so <clears throat> what's this one gonna be, Jordan? Because I don't know. <laughs> I think. Well, okay. I'm. I've learned my, what. What other previous uh, Bristol Dirt race is that? You know, I I purposely didn't look this up tonight because I I felt like I was going down a bad road of being swayed. Right, like previously when I was looking up um, good races from this year and comparing them to other races, it, you know, I'm, I've been like, oh well, this this was this, so it would make sense that it's this way, right? Um, Bristol Dirt from. The, the inaugural Bristol dirt was 78.5. And then uh, last year's was down to 61.2. Um, so people thought the first one was way better for whatever reason, but I thought last year's was better, but the finish last year, got last year was better. Yeah. I think. yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't remember anything as crap except the finish of last year and the first year, no, first year like a dust storm. So good. I mean, first year just had all these, issues and you're just trying to figure everything out so yeah but the end of the race was good though we had uh, Logano and Hamlin battle it out 
So yeah, 78.5 year one, 61.2 year two. So what was now, last year again? I'm sorry. What was last year? 61.2. Okay. It's tough. It's really tough. 71%. Wow. I mean, I okay. I say wow, and I was immediately going to question you, but of course you are, what, that's it, what, you do. what an absolute idiot I would be to do that after your 6-0 this year and every week I say. <laughs> um, but yeah, 71, you're saying? 71. I, I think people are going to look at this and say that was some pretty, there was some pretty good racing there. It wasn't perfect by any means. I agree with about the cautions, especially earlier. There was too many. There were some inconsistencies, but there was some good racing here. Uh, and I, I think people are going to look at that and say this was pretty entertaining. Okay. I'm going to go um, 70.9. Obviously, oh. I'm price writing you again because I'm going for cheap wins at this point. I just need to get on the board. But, but, but here's, here's my reasoning. I, if, if you were just, um, if you were just judging this on a straight up level as a race, I think that your 71 would be perfectly reasonable, but Mm -hmm. I think that you're underestimating the Bristol dirt backlash and the number of people in my camp, sort of, so to speak. I get that. But first year had 78% and that was a mud filled dust filled single file restarting race that you know like i don't know like i i get it you're, you're right like there is a contingent i i don't disagree with you i'm just mad that you price is right me because that's all you can it's just annoying well it hasn't worked for me yet yeah. so oh. don't get mad <laughs> i hope people vote against you just to spite you so oh. listen you know when there's really twenty thousand votes or whatever i don't think it makes that much other than I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, evil. We'll see. I mean, I, you know, this might be the uh, and this week, by the way, might be the last true. Was it a good race poll ever? If if Elon delivers on his, although he said he was going to take our blue check marks away starting April first. Yeah, still there. They're still there for now. So uh, I keep getting the things that pop up, and it says, "Do you want to keep your blue check mark? Pay us money." And I'm like, no, and I click off it. Uh, so we'll <laughs> I see. My, I just do what my bosses tell me to do. So they want me well, to get the blue check mark. I'll get the blue check mark. If they don't care, then I don't care. Hey, I mean, look, I mean, if it, if it's going to help our business to get it or something, I, I can I'm a, see. I'm a company guy. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, um, Martinsville next week, huh? Martinsville, baby. It's gonna be I sure hope that's a better, better race. Can't be worse than it was last spring. Wow, brutal! That was brutal. And I I will say, I will. Can I make it? Can I make an apology? Like I feel like I was. I didn't. Last week's race at Richmond was much better than I gave it credit for. I went back and rewatched it. That was a pretty good race, especially for Richmond. And I feel like I short rifted, short shifted a little bit. I I thought that by by saying it was perfectly acceptable. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was good. It was a good race. It was like you had, it was, yeah, it was fine. It was, it was good. good. It was up in yeah. the air. You know who's going to win. People, you know, people were mad at us for not giving it up credit last and week. And they're right. And they should be. And I, and I felt all week I've been thinking about this. I went back and watched it. Cause I mean, I always go back and rewatch races anyway. And then I'm like, man, you know what? This was good. Like you had a lot of different guys in the mix. You had different tire strategies. Like you had all the elements. And again, you got to look at what previous races, recent races at Richmond were, which haven't been great. This, that was far better than those. So my apologies, because that was a much better race than I gave it credit for. 
I will say that it's really hard. Um, there's so many times that we talk about something on the podcast, we express an opinion here. Oh, yes. And, you know, once it's out, I mean, we're, again, we're right after the race right yeah, now. It's, it's 1230 AM Bristol time. You know, you, you, you're at the track all day, you know, you're caught up in whatever's happened in the race and you have an opinion and, and, you know, you're just trying to sort through it, right? Like sort of live on the podcast. That's the beauty right? of this podcast. It's also the, the downfall of this podcast. Right. <laughs> right. Cause then, then it's like, okay, well, we'll listen to door bumper clear. We'll listen to Denny's podcast. We'll listen to stacking pennies, listen to Dale jr. Download. You listen to all these other people have all these other very educated opinions, right. Of what yeah, they're well, talking thought, about. well thought out a few days later. <laughs> right. And it's like, or even the morning after, after sleeping on it and you're like, Oh yeah. Are we able to like point. go back? Like, and, like not even like that too. Like being able to sleep on it and have an opinion, but like honestly, it's being able to go back and rewatch things and digest it and be like, okay, that makes sense. And then getting someone's perspective on it. Like, that's the thing is it's hard because I'm not complaining, but like, you don't always see everything that is going on. Like when, when you're at the racetrack, you're, you, you've got a lot, you're, you're looking at different things. I watched the race on that small TV screen when I'm at the racetrack, like I'm at home. I actually have a better viewpoint sometimes of, of what's going on than, than I'm at the racetrack. So yeah, no, it's, there are so many times on a, on a Monday or Tuesday, I'm like, yeah, oops, I, I'd like that one back. <laughs> you need to turn off your cell phone. Is that your cell phone time? I didn't hear anything. Let me look. Uh, no, what's on vibrate? Oh, uh, I, I know what this is. Oh God, what are you doing? You're turning your hat off. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, jeez, Jordan. Oh my God, please don't do this. Said I wouldn't rap, but here I am. Bristle Dirt Race is going to make me go ham. Empty seats, few fans there. Half them came for Tebow's prayer. Spinning our wheels, mud in our face. No one's excited about Easter Dirt Race. Fox wants primetime. Cool, that's neat. You know what'd be better? Bristle Concrete. Best track in NASCAR, all covered up. You think that's a good thing? You're blinded by dust. I don't want to rap, but I had to run it back. Gotta come strong with a dirt disc track. Fans on my side, turning the tide. Time to send Bristol Dirt for a ride. Ticket sales slow. All you need to know, fans are tired of the late dirt show. They'll probably blame it on the weather, which only raises my blood pressure. This really isn't better racing than the concrete it's replacing. Jordan pressured me to come. Told y'all be fun. Yo, seriously, Jordan? What's wrong with you, son? Don't answer that. I already know. You hate Christmas, but love an Easter show. Glasses dirty, can't see straight. Girls get clogged just like your brain. All year long, teams do work. Then on Easter, you make them race dirt? That's messed up. Is NASCAR for real? Now, gonna make me file an appeal. Verdict is in. Panel said no. Zero reasons given to keep the dirt show. That's just life. I don't know why. Gotta be something with SMI. Jordan's eggs may be delicious, but ladies, you should be suspicious. If you match with him on Tinder, he'll copy paste just like a printer. Speaking of eggs, Easter Bunny's pissed. Did egg hunts then pull a night shift? Stayed up late to watch Bell win. Made the playoff field. Now he's in. Track prep good. Race okay. Still take concrete any day. Once at Bristol, helmets were thrown. Now we gotta settle for the dang choose drone. Spinning so often, stop throwing yellow. Swallow that flag like strawberry jello. Large small priest priest put him on blast. Just own a minute on a podcast. Still not real dirt. What's that all about? NASCAR won't even take the windshields out. Fine, race is decent. Track's still whack. Whole thing makes me wanna throw my hat. Let's talk about this situation. Rapping hurts my reputation. I really hope this was the last one. Now it's time for me to be done. I'm out.